In a world where full-length motion pictures exist, two men have the power to navigate their stories. Join Jeff and Michael as they attempt to recall some of their favorite movie memories. Alright, we are finally back at it again with a regular episode of the Movie Memories Podcast. And I don't know if I want to call this season two, but essentially you could call this the second season because we've had a little bit of a break between regular episodes and and now we're back at it. What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling it uh, se- calling breaking it up into seasons or not. Because some podcasts do that, some don't. It's just like episode 500 is episode 500, not, you know, the next Eps next season or series. I mean, I get, I'm I'm down with it. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm we easy. I'm flexible. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could say seasons. Uh, if this is your first episode to the podcast, then let's introduce ourselves. Um, if you haven't listened to any recent episodes, but this is the Movie Memories podcast. Podcast where myself, Michael, um, and co-host Jeff. Um, That's me. We uh, challenge each other to recall movies from memory. Whether I'm challenging him or he challenges me and we don't know what movie is coming up and we don't watch them ahead of time. And and then uh, we try to make it through. We retell the whole story, synopsis, essentially, of the entire movie and might help each other along the way. It might be easy, might be really hard, <laughs> um, but overall, it's really fun. And we'll go back. We'll rewatch the movie, discuss the parts that we missed, what held up to our memory, and and we go from there. So, yeah. So today, it is back to being my turn. Jeff is going to challenge me to a movie. Is that correct? That is correct. And you already gave me the feeling that it's going to be tough for some reason. <laughs> I, it might be. It might be tough. I don't. I don't know. Like it. It's easy to remember this movie, but it's hard to remember when everything happens. I think, in my opinion, okay, because it's all. It's they go back to the end. They go kind of like. They, uh, it's edited v all for over Vendetta. the place. Uh, not Does it as seem many like narrators. we could remember it? Like not as many characters. Can... Okay. You know? So. Oh. Oh, well, okay. Lay it on me. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll lay it on you. So you, are you ready for the quote? Yes. The things you own end up owning you. Uh, things you own end up owning you. Why does that sound so familiar? Okay, give me another one. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Ah, this is... Okay, yeah, there are two here. It's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Oh. Uh, yeah, I uh, I get it. I understand why you would say that this is kind of <laughs> tough because it's you're right. And there's not that many like characters where you'd have to remember a bunch of characters names because really there's only two characters that you yeah. need to keep track of. But it definitely is uh, going to be tough to remember what order <laughs> everything goes into <laughs> because it's a bit of a psychological. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah. yeah, in a lot of ways it is. Yeah, I think like if people didn't know what the movie was um, before when this movie came out, if I remember correctly, it's almost 
marketed as like kind of an action movie um as far Maybe. as or, or a physical movie um I'm trying to physical it, action yeah because yeah. i don't think they really focused on this yeah 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 um, so so i won't uh this time uh just come out right out and say the title i'm pretty sure i have it right um yeah i think i know you know but, you know what it is yeah i know what it is now and after you said that first quote um uh i realized i should have got it off the first quote that's right yeah, yeah. Okay, so holy shit, I don't remember how it opens. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, that's um, yeah. Oh, okay. Is it? Doesn't it start out inside of a like a brain? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of like the title, right? It's the opening title sequences okay. through the neurons in the brain. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then I think it's one of those things where it's like you zoom out and. Like if you're zoomed in on something super small, like right. neurons, you zoom right, out right, and right. It, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And all, all of a sudden you've got a person, which is, I think, Edward Norton. See, I was going to say, can you connect the dots here? Because, yeah, it's Edward Norton. Do you know what's happening in the scene? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, isn't this like because it's this is one of those movies where it does at least early on it jumps through a timeline and then later on it jumps ahead through time and you don't know how long it's been <laughs> uh it's he has a gun in his mouth yeah right and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh it's uh brad pitt i can remember brad pitt's name tyler durden yes but i can't remember edward norton's name which you know no spoilers but yet um but what's his name in the movie, I have no well, idea. Well, I would spoil it if I say it because he doesn't have one. <laughs> oh, does he? Does do they, they never, never say his name? Never. Mm-hmm. No way. No. I, Even I whenever like his it, boss yeah. is getting down on him and stuff like uh-huh. that, like never say it. Even no way. There's a scene when Marla's asking him, and he doesn't. Like it cuts before he responds, and he never says it when in all the conversations between him and Tyler. Oh. Mm-mm. That's crazy. Well, if people haven't figured it out yet, but okay, Tyler Durden, that should be a name that rings the bell or uh, for a lot of people that maybe yeah. are a fan of this movie. Um, but so, okay, so Edward, I'm just going to say Edward Norton. So Edward, um, let's see. <laughs> the, okay, so t- Tyler, Brad Pitt is holding the gun. Um, and then I can't remember exactly what he does, but isn't edward norton like narrating something uh, part parts of it okay he's 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 narrating parts of it yeah yeah like he um he's kind of like talking about random stuff because this is like the he, end of the movie yeah he was talking about yeah. the taste of the gun in his mouth okay. and how everything led to this point yeah this is and one how, of those movies that does yeah, that yeah. you see the end and it says there's a narrator that says, well, why don't I take you back to the beginning? Which is such a, <laughs> an annoying way of storytelling, but yeah. I get it because it works, especially for some movies, like with such a dramatic ending that you're like, Oh my God, how did we get here? There's but then you know that all of the events that you're about to watch somehow lead there. So you start to make guesses about what's coming next. And so do you remember all the stuff they show at, in the opening scene? 
Um, don't they show, cause I remember like the room that he's in, he's in a building. Mm-hmm. It's like a high rise. So he's pretty high up and it shows like the city, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. More or less. Um, but then it says that I'm going to go back and tell you how, uh, I met Tyler. No. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it has like a, a moment where it goes all the way to the base of the building and shows okay. the van with all the explosives. Oh, in it. that's right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it goes back to him and Tyler. And he says that this all started with a girl named Marla. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the next scene? Um, doesn't it, um, does it cut to him? No, I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes to the the support group. Do you remember which one? Uh, Do you remember what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> so the main character, who has no name, he yeah. uh, ends up going to these support groups because he can't sleep. Oh, insomnia. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because doesn't he say like I haven't slept in six months? Right. Um, I have a, and he tells about his job. Right. The very first scene that it cuts to right after the opening is yeah. uh, his face getting smashed into Bob's bitch tits, quote unquote. Oh yeah, because he's getting a <laughs> hug from him, right? Yeah, yeah. Remaining men together. At, yeah. Prostate cancer group. That's yes. Okay. Yeah. He's at the support group and he's uh, articular cancer. Sorry. No, yeah. Not yeah. Yeah. And Bob is uh meatloaf. Yes. Um, who has got big giant man boobs, essentially. Boobies. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to be a bodybuilder or something like that, but then he took a bunch of steroids and that's why he ended that's up why with, he got the testicular yeah, cancer yeah 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 and that's what he was there for and he's like in tears and uh edward norton's like smushed into his chest who's not in tears right and he's still narrating at this point though right yes he is he's like wait 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 let's back up further okay it's like six months i couldn't sleep it's insomnia nothing's real you know everything's far away yeah and it's cutting back to him in his office just doing copying because uh, he's part, telling about his job, right? Yeah, and remember what yeah. I told you, like, remembering this movie, even for me, is going to be hard because I'm not sure if it's here that he talks about his job or not. I think so. I'm pretty sure it's leading up to where he's actually in the embrace of Bob. It, it does a the little montage of his job saying that he has, like, a job selling, selling like, catalogs or selling Mm-mm. products from a catalog. No, no he's... No? He, uh, he assesses the need to uh, – it's an auto company, and the company is trying to decide if the cost of recall is greater um, than – what was it? Oh, man. Oh, the cost <laughs> of re- – oh, yeah, the cost of recall is greater than like how much it costs to settle the lawsuits. Like, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, lawsuits and stuff like that. That's right. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. Which is like a, it's just, it's a terrible, like, you know, oh, you yeah. hear it and you're like, oh, that's a horrible job. Yeah, it is horrible. It, all, all of these things throughout the whole movie kind of like lead you to understand why uh, 
Edward Norton is the way he is. Right. And he's looking for an escape and a way to connect and feel again. That's largely the beginning of the movie. He's talking about like all the things you buy to like become more you like how your your house defines who you are, what you wear defines who you are. And yeah, all this stuff. Um, Yeah. yeah. At one point, he talks to a doctor about getting medication because he thinks like he has narcolepsy or like he needs narcolepsy. Like he doesn't have like what's the opposite of that? (laughs) Yeah. He can't sleep. Yeah. Um. So I think he eventually, when he's holding on to Bob and while he's narrating this, I think eventually he says something about like, this is nice or something like that. And he start he actually has an emotional. It's something like that when he's being held by him. Yeah. Right. When he sees the, the doctor, he says, doctor, I'm in pain. And he's like, if you want to see pain, go to such and such floor for the uh, men who have testicular cancer. Yep. So he does. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything when he's there, so everyone assumes the worst. Yeah. And then when uh, he gets paired with Bob, uh, yeah, they embrace, and he starts crying, and he said, "I slept yeah. like a baby." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, because so. he finally he finally like felt something. Yeah, um, exactly. Real, and so then he he gets to sleep, and then yeah, Marla eventually comes into the picture. I think early on here, where he said like he introduces her in the narration that. There's this uh, woman, Marla something. Um, and he notices that she's also like a voyeur of a these tourist, support yeah. groups. Yeah. And mm-hmm. because he's seen her at multiple different groups and even though he's doing the same thing, he hypocritically is like upset that she's doing this. Like clearly you're not getting anything out of this and yet you're going to all these meetings too. Right. And he so says he eventually he can't, he can't feel anything if she's there. Oh, like, OK. Yeah. So he eventually talks to her, works up the nerve to talk to her and calls her out on being a tourist. She calls him out and preparing this speech. She's like, you've been thinking about coming up to me and talking to me, haven't you? And uh, that's right. They try and agree on taking separate group days yeah, and so that they don't schedule yeah. out so they don't run into each other. Yeah. And then he asks her. Hey, shouldn't we exchange numbers like in case like, yeah. I want to switch days? And she does. She goes over, writes on his hand. And I believe at the very end of that scene is when she says, like, what's your name or who are you? And that's when it yeah. cuts. And he talks about uh, like just waking up on a plane. Yeah. And then then they talk about uh, what he does for a living. Yeah. Um. So from next. there, <laughs> I think um, I think what happens is uh, it cuts to um, Edward on a plane, right? On yes. the back, he's coming or going to a business trip or whatever, and this is where he meets Tyler. Yes, he's just right. on a plane. They're, and they're sitting Tyler's next to each other, right? Yeah, he's sitting next to him. Yeah, yeah, and somehow I think like Tyler starts talking to him, and it, if I remember right, he he like grabs the safety thing yep the safety info for the plane yeah i don't remember what he says about it but he essentially like he points out something he talks about how um like if when cabin pressure goes down and the oxygen masks come out yeah that you're uh, supposed to put on the next person or yours before the next person mask because the oxygen will make you docile 
you know, yeah. Mason faces and he shows the pamphlet. It's like, see? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they so, both have the same briefcase and yep like yeah they talk about yeah. what he does for a living he talks about soap yeah he's a soap salesman that's mm-hmm. what i was thinking like the salesman part but it's it's tyler that's the salesman yeah um he's a soap salesman um and yeah so then they the flight ends um and edward goes to get his suitcase but it's been confiscated right um mm-hmm. do you remember why uh because of something going on with it i can't remember if it's like it was ticking or it was they t- it was doing about something that. It says um bombs don't tick anymore but if it does vibrate they have to hold it so yeah that's most, right most of the time it's usually like a, a phone or whatever but uh, yeah yeah 90 percent of the time it's a dildo <clears throat> yeah and so he holds his briefcase and then what? Um, and then so he leaves, goes home. But when he gets home, turns out uh, there was like an explosion, right? Yeah. He arrives to his. Is it the whole building or just his apartment? Just his apartment. Yeah. So he arrives to his apartment being destroyed. And they say like, oh, it's it a gas leak is ignited by uh, something. It was just like. Faulty pilot light, just yeah, like something like really bad. Leaking air or leaking yeah. a gas, and eventually the the what's it called on the refrigerator turns on. Yeah, and yeah. so Tyler, no, no, uh, Edward calls Tyler because he's like, well, I don't like what am I supposed to do? I don't have a bag, right? I don't have my suitcase, right? Which well, would have calls, had some stuff. He calls Marla first. Oh, okay. And uh, Marla, he doesn't say anything, but Marla's like, I could hear you breathing, you son of a bitch. And yeah. So he hangs up and then he's like, and well, then he calls Tyler. I'll call Tyler. And he doesn't answer first. He actually starts 69s and calls back. Okay. And then, and then, and then yeah. Um, and then, then they talk, they meet at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tyler says, you could come live with me, but, um, you you're only, they're like behind the bar. This is the scene where they're, uh, both sitting on the curb. So they meet up at a behind, I do remember this part. They do meet up behind the bar and this is kind of like the first foray into what is a very big chunk of the movie. Sort um, of you. I mean, like they do talk in the bar first. Okay. And he gets they get drunk enough and he says, like, even after how much we've had to drink, you still can't work up the nerve to ask me. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Ask you what? And he's like, go on. Yeah, do it. That's like, right. Ask me. You know, you want to. And yeah. He, so he's like, can I stay at your place? I was like, would that exactly. be a problem? And he said, yeah, of course you can. But one condition. Yeah. You got to punch me. Yeah. And it's like, you got to hit me as hard as you can. And yeah. Edward's like. No, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, why would I do that? And essentially, Tyler keeps goading him into it. Yep. Um, and he finally does it. But since he's a little bit drunk and stuff like that, he, like, punches him in the ear. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's an awkward punch. And he, like, nails him the side of the head on the ear. And Tyler's like, God, like, why would you do that? Like, in my ear? Like, freaking. And then, but they, he, like, loved it. But does I can't remember, does Tyler hit him back like in the stomach he once does. or something? Yeah, yeah like so a, he hits immediately him back. after, yeah. And 
and to his surprise and amazement, uh, Edward was like, kind of had a rush from it. Right. Um, like he loved it. Um, even though he didn't think he would, he was scared of it. But once he gave into it, then he loved it. So then they go to Tyler's house, which is like, looks like an abandoned foreclosed, um, what are they condemned house? Yes. On right. street. Yeah, exactly. Like boards over windows, lights out, gross looking. It, it looks like a, whatever, uh, I just said <laughs> a condemned house. So there are two things that happened two flashbacks sort of. Yeah. Where, uh, Edward is trying to describe who Tyler is. And he's like, uh, Tyler works as a night projectionist part time. Oh yeah. 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 I remember he tells him okay. about that. Yeah. Do you that remember he does what, that part time? He does. Yeah. And he said like, what I do is I, and I can't remember if he just says it's for fun or just to see if he gets uh, people notice, but I just, I splice in one frame from a porn movie, <laughs> a porno. Yeah. Um, yeah. Into it. And it shows like people in the audience and also yeah, they're this watching just like, like a, a <laughs> Disney film or something. And, yeah. And a single, <laughs> a single sound and, and <laughs> they uh, one they frame of porn. Yeah. yeah. They barely know, or if they don't know the it, but they, subconsciously know that they saw it yes. and it makes them uncomfortable. And you see like, I think it shows a couple audience members, like after it happens, like kind of like, like looking mm-hmm. around or squirming in their seat. Do you remember the other job he took? He did. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. he was, um, <laughs> I don't no, know if he was a major D or a caterer or what, but he worked at a restaurant and he, he would urinate and like the soup, the clam oh, chowder. God. <laughs> uh, I do remember that. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they, they showed a small clip of him doing it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I can't go if you're looking at me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Fourth <laughs> wall breaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, happened this. So, yeah, you're right. The go-to is dilapidated house. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a pretty large house for yeah. being condemned. But still, yeah, yeah. still livable and dirty water and all that. And it's, and it's kind of clear that Tyler's there living, like, free, like, as a right. squatter it's just like this is a place i'm living with electricity <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. somebody somebody's paying the somebody, bills but yeah somebody left this on tyler um okay go on um i don't exactly remember all that happens throughout here but i know that from here it's basically like showing the establishment of their relationship they get a little mm-hmm. bit closer they keep having these little friendly fights um i think at that same bar behind it Right. And over, I think one of the times a couple guys notice that they're over there fighting, but they're not like fighting as in they hate each other. Like they're having a, a contest, a fight and right. they take notice of it. And I think they ask to join in. Um, and it keeps showing that more and more people join in each different night till eventually And I think during this time, Edward's kind of describing how like Tyler, maybe charisma and their relationship and and how these fights were developing and growing. And it's a lot of description about like just how he wishes he were more like Tyler. Yeah. And all the conversations they have, like who they would fight. Yeah. Um, and just various things in the apartment of him talking to Tyler. Yeah. Like, and the part where he reads the Reader's Digest and is like, 
this is a where every um there's this i forget how to describe that every body part and organ has a name like this is jack's abdul oblongata this is jack's stomach and then he later brings that up again i am jack's total lack of surprise you know yes that's actually a thing in the book too they don't do it a lot in this movie but um that's mentioned a lot in the book i mean if anybody's listening to this that's seen the movie they're definitely going to be like blasphemy because uh (laughs) i I haven't uh i haven't read this book even though i feel like i should and other books that he's written and it's right on the tip of my tongue but i can't think of the author's name i Um, i always butcher his last name it's chuck uh Polinuk, I think is how you say it. Yeah. And he's written a bunch of stuff and, and I feel like I would like reading it. I also heard it's kind of hard to read just in the same way that it was hard to make this movie based off that book. Right. It's not, I mean, I don't know how to describe the book. It's not, it doesn't feel straightforward, even though it is straightforward. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, just like this movie feels like it should be straightforward, but it's really not. Yeah, it's and I not. think it's because there's so much like I can't remember all of the narration. I can see the scenes kind of playing out in my head and where we're going from here. But mm-hmm. I can not remember all the narration because he talks so much through the movie, uh, all this internal monologue um, and all the things that Edward Norton's going through. And it's ultimately like he's so unhappy with his life and disenchanted with life that he's mm-hmm. trying to find how to feel again yeah yeah um anyway so they join up with more and more people to eventually where i think one of the scenes is almost like a one or doesn't it follow um edward and tyler as they go through the bar and the bar's closing up and as they pass by the bar top the bar tender like says last call and orders everybody out of the bar just makes everyone leave um one of the things that so this establishes their relationship, how he is seen at work is also comes up a few times. Um, from yeah, his he's boss. a pushover. His boss like thinks he's a wimp and he's yeah, a pushover. But after and seeing that he'd been in a couple of fights, you know, he changes his tune. Yeah. Um, and he sees Marlo one other time, but he doesn't go to talk to her. Yeah. That comes up and you do see that the fight club is growing. There's yeah. more people and, fighting. And I remember like what, eventually his boss which i'm gonna say it because i have no idea when this scene will be in, in introduced but eventually his boss at first like you said yeah ch- slowly changes his tune and maybe his opinion of him to being like you can't keep coming to work looking like this because <laughs> he eventually they, they fight so much he's constantly has like bloodied mouth or um mm-hmm. uh, black eyes scrapes on his face his knuckles are all bruised so eventually I think he has like a sit down with him where he says like, you can't show up like this. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, they are walking through the bar, um, make their way down into the basement and the camera's following, I think behind them basically this whole time. And then eventually once he gets down into the basement with other people that are, are like already down there and more people piling behind them, the camera stops with Tyler turning around and, and giving like the, the fight club speech yeah the rules of fight club yeah yeah so if anybody didn't figure it out already as if i'm doing a perfect job of describing (laughs) fight club obviously i'm not but uh this is fight club um 
the Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, Meatloaf, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, psychological thriller with some fights in it. That would have been, <laughs> oh, that would have been pretty, name? uh, who so uh, you said, uh, what, you uh, said 30 Brad seconds Pitt. to Mars. Oh, uh, Jared guy. Leto. Yeah. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. I mean, it's not like he's a big character, but, but he is in it a, and you know, yeah, that's him. It's Jared Leto. <laughs> it's so Jared Leto. He's, cool. he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> um, that would have been funny if we could have gone the whole thing without saying saying movie, it because I know, we wouldn't but, have broken the first and second rule. I <laughs> know. Uh, I thought about saying it. <laughs> I thought about not saying it because I was like, yeah. But this is this is like the scene where yeah, everybody we, knows we like the first rule of Fight Club: <laughs> you don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah, and Fight then Club. he says the second rule about uh, Fight Club: you don't talk about Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah. Um. The rules, are, of course, other? are broken all the time because more and yeah. more people show up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, third rule is someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is That's over. right. And then fourth rule is no shirts, no shoes. Uh, only two guys to a fight. Yeah, two guys at a time and a fight. Fifth rule, I think one that's fight it. at a time. Sixth oh, yeah, one rule, fight at a time. No shirt, no shoes. Yeah, and seventh rule: fights will go on as long as they have to. Have to, and yeah. there is one last one: the eighth and final rule. If it's your first time at Fight Club, you, you have fight. To fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think after that, um, he happens to cross paths with Marla. Um, that and I think they end up talking like as if he hasn't seen her in a while, and says like I haven't been to any meetings in a while because he's joined another. Support group, you know, quote unquote. Right, right. Um, he, so I think he still is apprehensive. Like uh, Edward's a little apprehensive towards her, um, but maybe he's looking at her with a little twinkle in his eye now. Um, but I can't so, remember what happens. Kind of that gets them together. So um, it shows some more fighting. In that okay. um, bar basement area, yeah, and I couldn't remember how many of the fights it shows before it shows some of like the bad fights. And I don't know if is it that same. It shows scene? Edward Norton get um, fighting a guy, and like he gets pretty beaten up, and yeah, he goes to a doctor, and Tyler Durden talks for him. There's some yeah. clues as to the ending, um, yes, but uh, Tyler would say something, and then Edward would just repeat it to the yeah. doctor. And then they get a call at the house and it's Marla. Marla's on the phone and she's basically like, it's kind of like a cry for help. Oh, yeah, but not yeah, really. Yeah. She talks about how much Xanax she had. And yeah, she's, just she's, wondering she's, if she's just basically, gonna, I think, trying to get him to come uh, give. Right. She's trying to get attention. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he she, tells her that he, she he found a new support group and she's like, is it like yes. the testicle thing? Yeah, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you find out after the scene that like he puts the phone down because she just keeps talking and he doesn't yes. want to talk, talk to her but anymore. But then he finds out that Tyler must have picked up the phone. Yeah. And then he took her up on her request that she needed somebody to come take care of her because she exactly. was overdosing on Xanax. Yes. Um, to find out that apparently they you know, got it on like crazy the next morning because, uh, Edward 
he sees Marley like in the kitchen, right? Yeah, he also had dreams about it too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like he had dreams about them doing the thing, and then yeah, he woke up, and that's when he sees her in the kitchen. He's totally surprised. Like he's like, "What? Yeah, he's like, what are you doing in here? What are you doing in this house and all that?" And 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 he says that she needs to leave. Yeah, if it's your first time seeing the movie, you might think their relationship is real weird. Yeah, yeah. But it makes more sense later. Yes, once you know everything. But, yeah, once you know. But he like treats her like, how'd you get in here? Like, I didn't talk to you. I didn't tell you to come over. Like, uh, you need to get out of here. Um, and then she leaves, uh, like yep. pissed off. Like, she gets yes. pissed off at him. She's like, why are you treating me this way? Yada, yada. And then so she leaves. And then Tyler shows up like naked into the kitchen, right? He's wearing, he's, a he's wearing an apron or yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's like later. A, that's later. Oh, that's, okay. Never mind. I know what you're talking about. That's later. Okay. Um, so yeah, he shows up in the kitchen, um, and Rube, and he says that he and Marla had sex that night. And, yeah. and then it cuts back to um, showing his point of view and how he went over to her place. Someone had already called the cops and, like they both leave her apartment and the or the paramedics show up. Yeah. And they're knocking on the door. It's like, open the door. Just like, yeah. And they go back to their place and then they do the thing. And one little thing that Tyler tells Edward about Marla, do you know? Do you remember? Something he tells him not to do. Oh, he says, uh, don't mention uh, My name. Yeah. yeah, don't mention me to Marla ever. Yeah, yeah, like, which is a weird request. Yeah, I think it's because well, once we know what it is, but yeah, like he doesn't want to be associated with her. Like he doesn't want to be around Marla. Um, yeah, at least that's so, what your assumption is. Yeah, right, right. So then I think one of the next scenes is where they first see Tyler. He brings Edward along um, to steal some. Uh, human fat from the dumpster of like a, a liposuction place. And <laughs> well, the next like, what is, are we doing here? The next, the, the very next scene is him catching them both having the sex. Well, not really. Like he opens the door. Tyler's naked. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. wearing the rubber gloves. Yeah, he's wearing the kitchen gloves and everything. <laughs> yeah. He like opens the door and then he closes it enough where it's just him in the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Marla says, who are you talking to? Yeah. Closes the door. Exactly. Because from that angle, like she can't see yes. Edward. Um, and then he yeah, he closes it up and and to Tyler or not Tyler, to Edward's uh bewilderment, he's like, Why would he still be with Marla? He just said not to mm-hmm. um mention it or made it seem like he shouldn't he doesn't want to be engaged with her. So then uh, at some point they go get the human fat and um, not quite Tyler. No, no. there are a few there are a few little scenes, Um, one of which is Edward Norton gets a phone call. Yeah, this is interspersed with more of Marla just being being around. Oh, okay. Um, But Edward Norton gets a phone call from the chief of police talking about uh, the explosion at his apartment. So oh, this is like the first right. time this is brought up again. Okay. And, and does he, he mention it, what they think started it? Yeah. He or says why it blew up. Yeah. The the pilot light and the explosion, but he also thinks there was a homemade explosive. 
and he does like there must be foul foul play involved uh blah 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 and tyler's trying to tell him what to say and then tyler yeah. disappears and marla comes in the room and kind of comes on to edward's character yeah, and yeah edward gets mad and makes her leave again yes again yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, she's upset about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then? Yes. And then we get to, we get to the, 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 yes, the human fat and getting the fat yeah, out there's, of the dumpsters. Which it, is, and, you know, ugh. he's like, why are we doing this? And he's like, human fat actually makes for the best soap. And yes. um, so the soap that he sells comes from human beings. And then mm-hmm. they show how they, Tyler shows him how to render down the fat like they're cooking it you know uh, melting it down um and i think this is the lie scene also yes when they're in the kitchen Mm -hmm. so i can't remember what he says to him but he's telling him about it he's rendering it and i think he also mentions like you know that you could all if you had enough of this you could actually make nitroglycerin yeah um, he's telling him about all the the chemical uses yeah, for for fat and human fat and tallow and how they and all figured that out stuff. how to make lye, blah blah blah. Yeah, and then he said, uh, um, so he like grabs his hand, mm-hmm. he kisses it on the back yep. of his hand, so it's wet. There's moisture, mm-hmm. and then he does something. I can't remember he just, how he does it, but he grabs it, holds his hand to the table. Yeah, he just pours the lye over it, and yeah. that causes the chemical reaction. Exactly. So the lie starts burning um, Edward's hand and mm-hmm. um, he said, don't rinse it off. The water will make make it worse. He says, the only thing that you have to do, you're, the thing you have to do is let this pass. Right. And so he holds his hand down. Yes. And he, wa- he almost he makes it feel be, like. Yeah, he wants him to be in that moment. Right. And then he says, now, if you sit there and think about it, you could go and get the vinegar Right, and, to neutralize it. Yeah, right. neutralize the acid burn. Yeah, yeah but he wanted them to feel it, and he wanted to recognize, like, this is pain, this is happening, but you're in control, you know. Exactly. It, it, you don't have to let the pain control you. And, yeah, so then he runs, grabs it, pours it over his hand, and then uh, Tyler reveals that, hey, I, like, in order for you to feel, I think this is where the quote comes it's like, from, you right? like, you don't know how this feels, and that's when he shows that he did it to himself. Yeah, and isn't this where the, from the second quote that you said, like, doesn't he say, like, once you strip away? Um, um, no, I can't think of the quote. It's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Yeah. Probably. I think that's where he says it is after, like, the after this event. And then, yeah, Tyler reveals that I have the same scar on the back of my hand. Um, and then they show Tyler selling um this the soap to like a department store right yeah and at and at a crazy price <laughs> like a super expensive soap yeah and showing like see this is the you know the yield the results of my uh labor um now i can't remember so it goes back to him at his work and that's when the manager says those things he actually sees the rules for fight club on a sheet of paper says someone's been writing this out and making copies of it here yeah and he's like well shit i must have left something in there overnight <laughs> and yeah 
then he basically threatens him a little bit he describes a weapon that he might bring to the office oh that's like, right yeah he, he says uh doesn't he say like he doesn't have a gun or he says he will come back and i'll kill you if you don't do this he presents it as if someone might bring an ar-15 carbine yeah. blah 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 yeah yeah right and then yeah. i can't remember what brings us doesn't he eventually like not stop staying with Tyler and then he wants to stay at the bar and no. has to convince the bar owner to let him stay. You're close. Um, the bar owner comes down and he's like, you know whose name this is on top of the bar? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. It's Joe. And you know what my name is? Joe. And yeah. So that's when they have that, that scene where the bartender starts punching Tyler so oh, much yeah. and he's just he's like letting covered him in blood yeah yep. he yep. lets him beat him up like tyler doesn't fight yep. back right yeah and then he like sprays blood all over him essentially oh, though yeah. that seems so gross yeah you don't know then, where yeah, i've been yeah yeah it's <laughs> super gross he's and then the bar so the bar owner like concedes yeah right he's like you can do whatever you want just you know yeah just leave me alone type thing um but um, he does see marla because marla uh, wants him to check for uh, breast cancer, which is yeah. real weird. I think and it's just, I think it's Marla's way of trying to get yes, him to yep. be intimate with her. Yeah. Yeah. Without realizing it. Uh, that happens. Um, that happens. Oh. And then eventually he starts at one of the fight club meetings um, is when he starts, Tyler starts to give out like, basically things for the fight club members to do. Um, so right before um, that scene with the uh, Joe, the bar owner, after uh-huh. he meets Marla, he's walking in the street and he runs across meatloaf. Bob. Yeah. And Bob meets him. He's like, we all thought you died. You haven't been coming to meetings. And he said, no, I, I've got this new thing. Yeah. He's like, oh, I found a new thing too, but oh, I can't tell you about it because that's the first rule. And the second rule is I can't tell you about it. And then he's like, I go to the same thing. And then they both fight each other at a separate fight club. Oh, that's, and that's right. That's when he's starting to realize that more fight clubs are People are doing this on their own. Yeah. Right. And then uh, that's when he comes back to Tyler, who's kind of yelling at them for everyone breaking the first rule, first and second yeah. rule. And that's when the manager comes down. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so eventually at one of these meetings, uh, Tyler basically says, like, here's what I want you all to do. And it's almost like you slowly see that there's this transition from Fight Club just being a a club for people to get together and have fights to being um, maybe part of almost like a philosophical movement. um, If not philosophical, a what do you call it just for a way of life, a... um, uh, a move, it becomes an actual movement rather than I'm just here to fight some people. Now I'm here to learn more about myself and this and that right. and a different way of living a lifestyle. It becomes more of a lifestyle. So Tyler eventually likes, he tells people that I want you to go get into fights with just random people on the street, but you can't win. You have to lose. Like you go out and you're going to pick a fight and you're going to, you're going to get beat up. Yeah, he gives um, them all a homework assignment. 
yeah and then i think there's a small montage showing them like i think bob fights some people in the middle of downtown um, yeah it's a there are all these weird uh sculptures around him and yeah there's a guy with the the hose um who ends up posing down a priest and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of them tries to fight water. a priest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a guy at a, a car salesman, or like you know, auto shop, and he hits him so hard that his shoe flies off over his head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, while this is happening, Edward is at, with his boss. Yeah, do you remember? And this, this is where his boss says, turns right and says, "Like, what are you doing with yourself, or whatever." Basically, yeah, he wants yeah. to fire him. Yeah, exactly, because he hasn't been showing up. You show up with black eyes and bruises and yeah. stuff. And doesn't Edward Norton just smile at him and he's bleeding? Yeah, he says, that's when he says, I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. Yeah. And then um, he, Edward basically threatens him by exposing the company. Yeah, um, exactly. To so the like Department you of can't Transportation. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, no, you won't. And tries to call his bluff. And that's when Edward does what? Doesn't he? Uh, he beats himself up. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He beats himself up to make it look like, you know, his boss was beating him up. Yes. He's like, you don't think I will? Like, look how crazy I am. Yeah. And he basically yeah. says, you're going to pay me my salary uh, from now on without me having to come into work. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, yeah. this is how. Uh, project I think it was Project Mayhem or Fight Club was funded I think it was Project yes. Mayhem yep. because then he could devote all of his time and be and not have to worry about it and um, spend more time with Tyler mm-hmm. so and I think that leads to like a, a, them back to a scene with Tyler now back at the house introduces Edward to what he's been working on which you didn't know about until now, but he's like, Oh, let me show you what else I can do. And he shows them the basement and the basement is basically looks like a lab and mm-hmm. he's been making explosives with the fat now instead of just soap. Yeah. And that's, um, this is when they start recruiting people. Yeah. And the, yeah, I think this is like, there's a bit of a montage because it starts where, yeah, it shows more and more people being brought in to the, fight club and being given assignments and um starts preaching to them essentially about saying like you're all slaves to your things to consumerism right you're not your khakis yeah exactly like basically a philosophy it does become a philosophy where it's like almost a minimalism philosophy Mm -hmm. where it's just like yeah i've heard a lot of things about the philosophy of fight club and yeah, you're supposed to strip yourself of all personal possessions and materialism to where you're it's just you. Yeah, anti anti consumerism, like yeah, anti government. I've heard that. I've it's heard um that. yeah, maybe yeah. also a little anarchy mm-hmm. mixed in. Um and I think that it also shows so he's giving them these assignments, and these assignments look like basically some it looks like anarchy like the members are going out and like destroying things or vandalizing stuff mm-hmm. um they do and, they go and uh i think they take a giant magnet to some vhs tapes and they pour uh gasoline into computer monitors yeah a bunch of stuff yeah and so the police somehow get involved right but then tyler 
almost reveals to the police. I can't remember who it is. Not but quite he... yet. Oh, okay. He, uh, they cut to a scene with a like a little convenience store, and Tyler's like, "Meet me in the back." And yeah, Edward's like, "What? What's going on? I don't want to. I don't want to be here. Like, what are we doing?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So Tyler takes the shopkeep out behind the place and takes his wallet out and like holds a gun to this guy's head. Yeah. Do you remember that scene? I think so, but I can't, I can't tell you like what happens and then where we, what the next one was. (laughs) He basically asks him, like he sees that he has a university card in his wallet. He says, what were you going to school for? And he wanted to be a vet. That's what he says. He's yeah. like, well, what, why are you doing that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, like, what are you doing here? And yeah. why do you have this job? And yeah. he, with the gun pointed at his head, he's like, if you don't <laughs> pursue your dream or whatever yes. to become a vet, then I will kill you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so like, what are you doing? Raymond like, stuff? <laughs> yeah, like, I think, and the point I think he was trying to make is like, if you don't do this, like, you're a slave to the machine. You're a cog yep. in the machine. You're just doing this job and selling these things and you should really be doing what you want to do. Exactly. Um, and it's like tomorrow will be the best day of his life. It's more or less what yeah. he said. At one point there is a new recruit, Jared Leto that's introduced into the movie and into the fight club. And it shows that I think at some point Edward is as project mayhem is growing that Edward's getting a little disenchanted with Tyler, uh, yeah, maybe a he, little like angry at him and jealous. It feels like there's some distance between them and he doesn't know why. Right, exactly. But it at that moment when he feels like the distance is being created, um, also he notices some new recruits also like almost taking or occurring favor with Tyler. And so some yes. jealousy se- sets in there. So during one of their fights, it's... Uh, um, what's his name? Edward calls out or gets paired up with fighting Jared Leto, Leto's character, which I don't mm-hmm. remember his name or if they say it. I think and, they just call him Angel Face or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so they start the fight. It's a little even matched until clearly Edward gets the upper hand and just starts destroying him. And mm-hmm. he can't tap clearly, but Edward's eventually on top of him, just pummeling his face and beating it to a pulp. So much so that like the crowd stops cheering um, and you just hear him hitting him and he can't talk. He can't tap out and eventually he stops. And I remember the line. Yeah, his face is completely destroyed Mm -hmm. completely. Like you can see missing teeth and all that blood coming out of his mouth. And uh, I do remember the line. He says, like, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a narration, I think. He's like, I don't know why I did it or something like that. I just wanted to destroy something. I beautiful. I feel like somebody asked him or oh, Tyler asked him. Yeah. Oh, um, but right before the scene, you're right. They, there is a like a meeting like a, yeah. um, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a town meeting. It's like a bunch of people are getting together to talk about this. These vandals. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all dressed up like. Um, waiters. And right. So that's someone who's important, you know, nameless man <laughs> that is important, yeah. goes to the bathroom and they all uh, rush him and jump him in the bathroom. 
He's yeah. down on the ground. They it's, that's rubber, the police guy. Yeah, it's like yeah. the police chief or something like that. And this something is where like they that. tell him. Or commissioner yes. or mayor or something like that. Yes. They, He's the person that's like leading the investigation into these acts. Yeah. And they, they jump him. And Tyler basically says like, you're going to stop looking into this because the or, people who are doing yeah. this are the people that you need. So you can't like arrest them. You, it's, you know, they're normal people. They're your waiter. They're your uh, cash cashier. Yeah. Your driver, yeah. your, you know. Yeah, your driver and all that. Like, you can't live without us, so you can't come after us type thing. And they're like, or we'll take your balls. And yeah, they, exactly. they wrap a rubber band around his his junk. And yeah. right at the very end, they cut the rubber bands, really make him squirm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's right after that scene when uh, Edward Norton's character has that like, fight. need to fight that guy. And I think it's yeah, because yeah, exactly. he didn't know what was going to happen in this situation. Yeah. He didn't know all the details. He was just a part of the group. Yeah. So I think he was trying to also reassert himself into exactly. the, like into the group and into some authority. Yeah. 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 Cause he was surprised when they did that. Like in that entire scene, he was looking on like, what is happening? So that's why he okay. beat that guy up. Um, so after that, I think they leave um, and Tyler, I don't know where or how he got the car or something like that, but he's, he's driving in the car with Edward and like a couple other fi- other fight club members. Long-term parking. That's how he got the car. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, Tyler starts to like, doesn't he like kind of grill Edward basically saying like, you're not even uh, fully into this like you haven't given yourself all the way and and in meanwhile like tyler's like swerving and, and out of traffic and stuff and um and says that it, you know he's yelling at edward saying like you're weak you still aren't 100 percent on board and yeah. and and then he eventually tyler says like i am the one that destroyed your apartment right and um and then as Tyler's weaving through traffic, I think after he says that he destroyed his apartment, that's when like Edward like grabs the, he lets go of the steering wheel. Cause I think he was trying to stop him from weaving. Right. He says, what do you, what did you want to like be before you die? And he says, I don't know. He's like, stop yeah. looking around. And he asks the guy in the back, he's like, what did you want to do before you die? And he's like, paint a self portrait, build a house. Yeah, yeah. Just like quit screwing around. And they all start putting on their seatbelts because, like, he's. Yeah, he starts pointing at Edward. He's like, Look at you, you're fucking pathetic. Yeah. He's like, Why do you think I blew up your condo? Yeah, yes. It's like, What? And and I think, so at one point, so that's Edward, like, lets go of the wheel and lets Tyler crash the car, right? They almost almost do. He's trying to get him to stop controlling everything and just let go. Yeah. He's like, You need to And then he saves him. He doesn't, they don't actually crash, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they just they let go of the wheel and they just let the car go, and it does crash, yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah, there's already a car like parked on the side with its uh, um, hazardous lights on. It just goes right into it, and they both careen off the side of the highway. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not. It was a near death experience, which kind of like shocked them. But then I don't remember how or if they show Tyler leave, but basically. There is a there's a portion here that comes up that's basically just shows Edward at the dilapidated house yep. amongst all these different uh, Project Mayhem or Fight Club members. Um, 
and he starts to ask some of these members what they've been doing. Um, so after the crash, he's in bed. It just kind of cuts to that. And Tyler is telling him. Um, they have a dialogue and Tyler leaves. And the impression is that Tyler's not coming back. Like that's the last time he's going to see him. And so when he comes out, he sees all of these recruits with shaved heads, like doing all of these things that he doesn't understand. And bringing in like supplies and they won't talk to him because they think it's like some kind of test. Like, of course, you know, sir, like, why would you, you know, ask me that question? Right. And they're always quiet when he enters a room. Yes. So he's yeah, really yeah. confused. Yeah. Because their questions are cryptic. And I think at one point there's a flip that kind of like triggers um, Edward to realize something else is going on. Because I think, isn't it like Bob or one of the other Fight Club members, instead of saying the first rule of Fight Club is you don't uh, talk about Fight Club. He says like first rule of Project Mayhem is you don't, you don't. Uh, Ask about <laughs> ask about Project Mayhem or something. Well, uh, Marla like, comes. Oh. Yeah, Marla comes. They have a dialogue, and then right after she leaves, um, men are shouting. You know, they're yeah. saying, "Hey, come here, we need help!" And they bring in um, Robert Paulson, which is Bob, and they oh, put him on the table. And like, because he's got hurt doing on a he's mission, he's dead. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's dead. And yeah. like Edward Norton's upset. He's like, yeah. I knew this guy. His name was Robert Paulson. Why do you keep saying he doesn't have a name? And then one of the guys is like, I understand now. It's like, when you die, you have a name. And then they yeah. start chanting his name was Robert Paulson. Yeah. And then, of course, Edward Norton's like, what's going on? And I think at this point, he's like, okay, this is too much. Like, we need to shut this club down. I need to get a hold of Tyler. And he doesn't really have like there's a bunch of numbers that Tyler is used because obviously he's just like using either everybody's phones or just burner phones. So he tries to call him and he never gets a hold hold of him. Right. But then when he calls a bunch of other people pick up, right. He calls these various different numbers and different people pick up and they're from all over the country. Like they're picking up from fight clubs all over the place. And this is where so, he starts to realize that fight clubs kind of like popping up everywhere beyond their control. He finds a lot of uh, like plane tickets in a drawer. Yeah, yeah. And he decides to backtrack and go to where like apparently he'd been. Right. Trying or still Tyler trying to track him down. Right. Right. And he finds evidence of other fight clubs. Yep. Uh, and he feels like some of these places are familiar and he starts talking to people that seem to like recognize him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And it's a montage of this. Like, yes, it's a, it's everywhere a he's going, it seems more and more like he's being recognized until I do remember he gets to one place. I don't remember where, but uh, right. he walks in. The bartender says like, welcome. How are you sir. doing, sir? Or something yeah. like that. Hello, sir. And Edward's like, do you know me? And I remember the bartender's like, is this a test, sir? Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? Is this a test? He's like, sir, is, is this a test? And, <laughs> um, and, uh, he, after he says like, this is not a test. Now tell me where 
Tyler Durden is. Um, and I can't remember what the bartender says. Like, I think maybe he says, he says I can't tell you, you know, that or yeah, I don't says, know do you who know Tyler who I Durden am? is. Like, who do yeah. you think I am? He says, this is a test. He's like, no, it's not a test. Are you sure? Yeah. And he says, you're, you're, you're Mr. Durden. You're the one yeah. who gave me this. And he shows him back his hand. Yep. And uh, this is this part, I think, is kind of it moves through the movie really quickly. But I think eventually Edward Norton starts to figure out that perhaps Tyler has been disappearing and going around and telling everyone that Edward is the founder of Fight Club and he's their leader and all this and like convincing everyone that he's actually the the leader of Project Mayhem and Fight Club. Well, uh, he calls uh, Marla and he's like, hey, yeah, we ever had sex. Yes, I did. And I did remember he calls her because he's also trying to figure this out. And yeah, he does say like, Marla, you know, this is uh, like, did we ever have sex? And yeah, she and she's like, yes, of course. And yeah, of course we did. And, and like, then you she says Tyler me like shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He's like, what'd you just call me? Yeah. He's like, Tyler like this is Tyler weird. Durden. Yeah. And and there's like she hangs just up lost on him, right? Kevin pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Tyler Durden, you fucking freak. Mm. Yep. And I think this is where it starts to snap together. Yes. Um, it starts, he starts piecing it together. He's thinking back about his insomnia. He can't remember parts of the day. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as he hangs yeah. up with Marla, Tyler just appears in his room. He says, you broke your promise about not talking yeah. to Marla about me. Yep. <clears throat> and I think he passes out, right? Uh, like he faints, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure Edward faints. I think so. And then when he wakes up, um, he returns home. There's a massive montage of all the things he did. And yes, it shows him doing it. Yes. Yes. Himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, he wakes up and with the realization that, oh, my God, could I possibly be Tyler Durden and Tyler Durden ne never existed. And I made up this split personality. Which to is hope with my life and what was going on. It's just hilarious seeing him beat himself up in the parking yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, because it goes all the way back to the first time you met Tyler and it goes back to that first punch and he hits himself and then he's yep. in the middle of the parking lot beating himself up. And that's and that's the real reason why people took notice. They were like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, it's like, what is this guy doing? And then he introduces him to it and his philosophy. So it's really been him this whole time. And, and for the audience everything's like oh yeah. <laughs> like this makes sense that's why he was speaking for him that's why marla uh was wondering who he was talking to when he opened the door in the bedroom that's why yeah. this i mean it does click really well like it's who directed this david you remember fincher. yeah i thought it was david fincher that's right yeah and he does well with this type of thing psychological movies mm -hmm. um, panic room all those like he does well with this type of thing he also does well with like the, I was telling um, Smitty, because uh, he's new to like looking at film from a filmmaking perspective. <laughs> and so I was telling him like, you know, you could watch these, some movies that are from the omniscient camera perspective. Yeah. Um, and David Fincher does that all the time yeah, with the cameras going through alone. walls and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said like, when you have that type of filmmaking, 
omniscient cameras, they take the person out of the scene, they take the viewer out of the scene, but it allows them to see things from perspectives they never would have seen before. Right. Um, but anyway, David Venture does a really good job of that. Um, so yes, he realizes it. Um, and doesn't he, so he goes back to the condemned house, right? Yeah. And so he's pretty leaving, much empty. Right. He's leaving that hotel and, yeah. uh, the the barkeep not the barkeep ugh, the bellhop I guess yes uh, she tells him um, he tells her to hold all of his calls and then I forget exactly what she says but he ends up going to see all the calls he made the night prior and after he passed out he made like several calls to different numbers and he's trying to figure oh. wait he's like wait what's Tyler been doing when I've been passed out like exactly he starts freaking out and because of his insomnia like he says like he's lost bits of time like he has no idea how much time has passed because there's parts of his days where he can't even remember it um so he is like what has he been up to he goes back to the house the house is basically empty but there is like some folders and plans and he goes back he goes downstairs to the basement where the drums of nitro were but now they're gone yeah and And he finds some like information packets basically showing that some people from project mayhem had assignments to basically disguise themselves and infiltrate different buildings and companies right right the numbers that he saw on that list match a lot of the addresses that were in the folders at that's right at the house so he grabs a lot of the folders and then he runs into marla and he takes Marla to a restaurant where everyone knows him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he basically tells you to leave town because she's yeah. in danger because he yes. knows everything that she's doing. And, and so he's, uh, he scoops up the plans and tries to take them to the police, right? Uh, right after that, yes. Yeah. And tries to convince him that uh, he's the person that yeah, is going to blow he, up all these buildings. Exactly. He like he goes to like uh, an inspector or whatever. I'm sure it's an uh, it's an the actor, same guy that, pictures, that had been calling oh, yeah. him. Yes, um, and he tells him like, here, here's the information, and he's like, all these people are infiltrating this. I think there's a lot of people in danger. And then all of a sudden, he realizes that the officers and the people that are in the room with him. Yeah. Or Project Mayhem people. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, sir, uh, we were instructed that anyone, including you, that tries to interfere with Project Ma- Project Mayhem, we have to take their balls. Yes. It's like, this uh, is a great gesture, sure. <laughs> gesture, yeah, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they start backing him into a corner, right? Uh, yeah, and they then, put them on the table and they're about yeah. to do it. And one of them just happens, they happen to have a gun, like, holstered yeah. right at their chest and, then and they're leaning over it. him and he just pulls it out yep and he like, let it out. Him. so his pants are off and he's just got his boxers yeah, he's running around the right. city with these papers and a gun <laughs> yep and he's oh yeah he has like a, a robe he had a robe on right he went straight from the house doesn't he have a robe it's, on it looks like a robe the way it's yeah. flapping in the wind yeah so yeah with those pants boxers gun the the plans um and so doesn't he um, he goes just go to one of the buildings that's yes. in the folder because he needs to find out what they're planning. Yes, exactly. And, and Tyler randomly shows up um, right. while he's doing that. And he goes to one of the vans to try and disable one of the bombs. And Tyler, of course, yeah, uh, tries to get in his way. 
Yeah, but he successfully disarms that one, right? Right. And Tyler's like, you know, I would have been I spent all day thinking that that's the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> and then they don't they get into a fight after he does it? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So they they because they're arguing, they get into a fight, which is ironically, uh, it's just Tyler Edward Norton fighting himself. I can't remember why it shows like from a a, a security camera yes. angle, yep. <laughs> and it's just and it shows like it Edward Norton down the beating the hell out of himself, <laughs> and like and making movements that don't look like a human could do. Right. It looks like he was actually being fought, like fighting an dragging invisible him man across the ground, holding his yeah. hair. That, yeah, yeah. that one was pretty good. Which kind of gives it like this kind of over super, almost supernatural feel to the movie. Like, wait a minute, is it real? Is Tyler real? And he's he has physical influence on the world, and he's not Tyler. But yeah, my favorite scene is him just jumping down the stairs. That's yes, it's glorious because he he just full throttle jumps down the stairs. And so I think (laughs) after that, like Tyler technically wins the fight, right? And then takes yes. him to one of the other sites on the list um, where he brings him upstairs. Mm-hmm. This is where I think we're entering the final scene, which is, was the opening scene. Correct. Um, where uh, a dazed Edward or Tyler wakes up sitting in a chair, right? Yeah. Um, but Tyler's gone now, right? Tyler's still there. Oh, Tyler yeah. has the gun. Oh, that's right. You're right, you're right. Pointing it into his mouth. And we're right back to the opening scene. And um, I can't remember what he says the, to him. To summarize it, uh, Edward realizes that he's Tyler and he's the one holding the gun. Yes. So he's like, you're not holding like the gun. Like you have the power here. You're in control. Yeah. He's like, I have the gun. He's like, eh, maybe. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And <laughs> just yeah, imaginary. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do about it? And then actually it, Edward's like, eventually the camera does pan back. And now Edward is holding the gun in mm-hmm. his mouth. Yep. And, and he I takes think the gun he realizes. And, yeah. Yeah. What does he do with it? He shoots himself. Yes. He, the yeah, way he shoots uh, himself is so specific. He gets it like yes. right through the back of his jaw on his left yeah, side. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he's pointing it back and it just so it goes through the back of his mouth and out the corner of his jaw. Mm -hmm. So he's still alive. But he basically did it because he realized like, I can't like the only way to stop this is if I stop myself because clearly I can't stop the Tyler in me or I can't stop him from doing what he's doing. He's going to keep winning. Um, And so, yeah, it goes out the side of his jaw. It's leaking blood. Marla shows up, right? Yeah, and they bring Marla up there. She, yeah, exactly. And she's like, oh, my God, what happened? And she's trying to take care of him. And um, the Mayhem members, like, leave to go get stuff to take care of his face because they're like, our our fearless leader, our leader is hurt. Let's go take right. care of him. They're going to get some gauze. Yeah. <laughs> and then they are standing, him and Tyler and Marla are standing there looking out the window from that building. Um. And he's like, everything's going to be fine now. Um, but then all of a sudden, a bomb goes off. Yes. And then another bomb and another bomb. Oh, mm-hmm. because at some point, I think Tyler reveals the par- the plan, which is they're going to blow up all these major credit card company data centers. Right. 
um, to erase everybody's debts yes. and wiping the slate clean. So yeah. that's what happens is the bombs go off and all these buildings start crumbling down and Edward Norton, Tyler's, you know, like, oh my gosh. Um, hey, I do remember, hopefully I remember the end line. Uh, he looks over at Marla or something like that and he goes, you came into my life at a very strange time in my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that's it. Like the bombs go off, the camera pans away or it fades out with them just watching the buildings exploding. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it says. You met me at a very strange time in my life, but it's so nonchalant after all of the mayhem for to just like, this was a bad time. Yeah, you met me at a very strange <laughs> time in my life is what he says. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Yeah. God, that was, you're right. I could see the movie, but I just can't tell it because there, I think it's the narration. It's so, because it's so, so much dense. of this, yeah. It's, it's very dense, in my but opinion. But so much of the movie is narrated. There's so little regular dialogue that you'd have to remember an entire movie's worth of narration for you to get, remember all the details. <laughs> I know. And I was having and trouble. I, that's kind of crazy. I was like, Oh, this is hard. <laughs> yeah. Because some of the things you only learn through his narration, the things yeah. that he says, and it's like, Oh man, I don't remember what he says here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, that was tough, but hopefully if everyone uh, listening to this stuck in there, um, <laughs> it wasn't too convoluted for you to follow along a little bit. And hopefully that gains some interest in watching Fight Club. I haven't watched Fight Club in probably six years, seven years. It's very specific. You well, it's because it, I, yeah. I do remember watching it right before moving here. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And so it's probably about six years since yeah. I've seen it. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it's a cool movie, so I'd like to watch it. And I don't think Lish has seen it, so I think she'd probably enjoy it. Yeah, even describing it isn't enough to do it justice, in my opinion. Like, you really have to take the ride to understand what he you really means, do. like, and, and you the have philosophy take, of it. Yeah, exactly. And you can't really convey, like, the emotions, their narration style with Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Pitt in this movie is kind of like... This is like Pinnacle him and his Pitt. element type thing. Yeah. yeah. Like really good. Um, the psychological aspect of it, the action aspect, the gore, um, the brutality, like that's what makes this movie to me like stand out is you're left guessing a lot of it. And it's really intense because of the brutality of it. I think to me, I feel the like fights, all that. Yeah. The first watch is all about uh, the twist. Yeah. Even though like, sometimes people can catch it ahead of time. But I think the second watch is more about the like the philosophy of it. Because even yeah. with the twist, you're like, oh, my God, all these things. That they do stop, he's trying to start do. dropping some pretty heavy hints before you the twist yeah. is revol- revealed. So you yeah, could, even, if you're attentive, you could guess it. Yeah. The little yeah. Uh, single frames of him just appearing randomly. Oh, beforehand. yeah. Beforehand. Yep. Yeah, I was yep. watching it with Chrissy and... She's like, what was that? <laughs> I was like, oh, that was just Tyler just having his yeah, arm around him. That's, I was going to say, like, yeah. Really? She's like, yeah. That's uh, David Fincher making yeah. uh, smart choices about his films. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I do like him. He may, always, may not like all of his movies that he's made, but he, I like his direction style. Oh, yeah. If I were, if I were to uh, direct a movie... 
it would I wouldn't say that it would be in his style because it'd be so hard to replicate, but it would be fun to do it in his style because it's so avant-garde is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? It's so out there in some cases and unique that it would be fun to like take on projects like he's done and try to replicate it. I think that uh, panic room shows it the most plainly, I think as far as his style. Really I mean, that be- the beginning that wonder. Yeah. yeah. And the omniscient yeah. uh, camera point of view and how yeah. minimal he is with his uh, visual effects. I think by club has yep. the most visual effects movies he's done. Yeah. I if know. I remember right, the final scene with the explosions is not good. <laughs> <laughs> if I, if I remember correctly, the explosions do not look good. They look like it's just, yeah, it's just video there. game explosions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but everything looks really good, which is not necessarily all his decision making. It's other parts, um, set design and all that. But the condemned house that they're in, uh, everyone's like hair, uh, it, it all just looks grungy oh. and oh, yeah. visceral and kind of real. All the lighting, you know, it's the fight clubs meetings themselves in the basement, the alleyway behind the bar with like the single headlight or street lamp all of that's just like it makes it really feel like a really good movie like it's just the aesthetic yeah yeah so i'm excited to go rewatch it and i'm gonna realize i missed like so much and got so many things out of order because yeah it was hard to retell that movie yeah so chrissy picked three different movies yeah and I was going to pick one of them. And this is the oh. one I chose. <laughs> oh. and, but when I chose it, I was thinking in my head, this is going to be hard. This is a, yeah. this is a hard movie. I compared almost, to the ones we've done. It's funny because whenever I started guessing it, I was like, I almost picked this a while back, but told myself like, ah, that's, that's going to be a tough movie. Like it, even yeah. if you know it really well, it's just trying to retell it. You'd have to have watched it a bunch of times just to be like, and then he says this, and this is how he explains that. And, yeah, because uh, I, I feel like I was seeing the scenes and I was getting to the scenes. It's just the little stuff in between and the things that he would say. The Marla scenes all run together for me. Right. Because I, mean, I can't put yeah. those in order at all. Yeah. Yeah. I can freely admit that I had this movie playing while we we're doing because <laughs> <laughs> that's OK. Wow. <laughs> I was yeah. like. I kind of remember, but I yeah. even just watched it and I don't remember everything. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. It's a cool movie. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'll have to see if Felicia's seen it because I think she would enjoy watching it. Yeah, totally. It's Plus, crazy. who doesn't want to see like uh, Prime Fit, uh, Brad, Brad Pitt? Pitt. <sighs> what year is this? 99. I was going to say uh, 90s Brad Pitt. And it's funny, uh, still people are like, uh, even just recently, I can't remember. It was something on Instagram or whatever, but uh, like it's still like one of the number one answers, like when people go to physical trainers and stuff like that, um, of how men want to look, they'll say Brad Pitt and Fight Club because he's he's ripped, but he's not too big. And yeah, yeah, like he's just a physical specimen. Yeah. So people still say that Brad Pitt, Fight Club. That's how I want to look. Oh, yeah. Just like not really attainable right yeah Yeah. just living that kind of life would be terrible yeah like keep that (laughs) anyway 
uh, really good pick. It's cool. It's a cool movie, and I, I feel like we didn't do too bad. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not. I'm not totally disappointed we, with myself. It wasn't too we bad. We did it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely did it together. Um, all right. Well, then I'm gonna go rewatch the movie, and hopefully, I am not indoctrinated into the philosophy of Fight Club. So, I mean, if you listen to this, you'll understand why. We're not your job. You're not how much money you have in the bank. You're not the car you drive. You're not the contents of your wallet. You're not your fucking khakis. You're the all singing, all dancing crap of the world. All right, we are back. Um, I went and watched uh, Fight Club, and after watching it, I have no worries that I'm going to join Fight Club. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, I mean, maybe it's not that interesting. I say that all the time, interestingly enough, but it may not be interesting. But I watched it, and I I wasn't disappointed, but I didn't think the movie was as cool as I thought it was. That's fair. It wasn't as cool. And I thought, and maybe because I watched it at a younger age and I was a little more influenced, um, influential at that time, but I watched it and I was like, man, the dialogue could be a little better and this could be a little better, but it does jump around a lot. It doesn't tell a story very well. And I, I get it because it's, I think that's kind of on purpose. So it's a little confusing, but, mm-hmm. and, I understand I was watching it through the lens of I've seen this movie for, before, so I know that there's a twist and I know what the twist is. But if you pay attention to the movie, you can guess it about two thirds of the way through. Yeah. 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 There are some like subtle clues in the beginning, but yeah, you just think he's, I don't know, hallucinating. But there are parts in it that are... um they don't make it seem like they could be the same people. Like obviously some of it could be just um, Tyler or Edward Norton, you know, having a complete hallucination thinking he sees Tyler drive away, but there's Mm -hmm. like other cars that honk at him when he drives away in the airport after he steals somebody's car, like things like that. It's like, is that an entire fabrication of his mind or are they just messing up with some of the, um, continuity of making this person not exist. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny because when I think about the movie, I hardly ever think about the fact that they're two different people. Or like, yeah, you know, that he has a, two personalities. It's like not what I, I come away with from Fight Club. Yeah. It is. I do. <clears throat> there were aspects of it that I really liked. Um, I liked because I'm a anything time travel I do watching it through this time and kind of analyzing the movie and Mm -hmm. trying to remember what I forgot during this first go through. I did realize that they did pretty well about the time jumps and like, you don't know how long he's been Tyler and how long he's been who he thinks he is himself. And so months like enough for him to go on plane rides So when you go from scene to scene, when you think it's just Edward Norton and he's talking to Marla in the morning or he wakes up or whatever the case is, 
and he realizes something's been going on. It would have taken months to fly around all those places yeah. that he goes to. And so he was this other person for months uh-huh. and then jumps back into this other life. Like, I wonder, I, again, I don't know the book, but I wonder if there was ever any moments in the book or where he realized dates were different, you know, like suddenly, suddenly it's a month later. It's really funny that you mentioned that because like in the book, the way that he writes, he doesn't even put quotation marks around anything the protagonist says. So oh. whenever he says something to somebody, you're not sure if it's a thought or if he actually said it. Uh-huh. And when they respond, their response is in quote, quotations. Oh, interesting. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of ambiguity in the book. Like even the ending, I've read reviews about it saying that he's he actually died. Like when yeah. he shot himself. Yeah. But then in the book, it so doesn't really. standing there. Yeah, it it, is, it makes it seem like he's in a hospital and people want him to like just come out of a coma. Uh, I, I don't this know. This is all going on in my, his mind. You, you can't you can yeah. say that maybe like there's a lot of uh, omniscient perspective, but not at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, how to describe I also it. thought in my head, is he. You know, because it's laid out with two different actors and two, what seemingly is two different personalities and two different people. Um is he, is Edward Norton, Tyler Durden's split personality? Mm-hmm. Or is Tyler Durden, you know, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton's split personality? You know what I mean? Like, is Brad Pitt's um, personality the primary? And he created Edward Norton's personality to cope with his extremism. Insanity. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like he's his moral compass because he has to do all these bad things, but he needs to feel okay about doing them. So he needs somebody who's moral and straight. And so instead of him splitting his personality to do these bad things, he split his personality to cope with them. I was like, Oh, so, I mean, I know it's written from a different perspective, but I was just like watching this. You'd be like, Hey, which one is real? I know yeah. they're focusing on Edward Norton, but what if it's Brad Pitt's the real person? Yeah. It's just interesting to look, watch the movie in that way. Um, yeah. I did like, I mean, all the fights, the gore are kind of really gross. I think dark blood movies that have really dark blood always seem the most gross. More realism. Yeah. And that was like pure Hershey syrup blood and yes. all the fights yeah. and stuff, which was just Barely like, red. It's like, yeah. It's all black. Ugh. Yeah. I did miss the order of things and the subtle things like you helped me out pointing out all the Marla scenes and stuff like that. But I made it through it. Yeah, you I knew did. all the, I knew it all the pivotal moments, but I could not remember all of he monologues so much. He does. Like yeah. all the, all the subtle things about like why you should or narrates not monologues. become like dirt and like the worst possible. Mm-hmm. Like you should lose everything, you know, yeah um there's a lot of that in the book as well the book lays it out better for me like when i when i read the book like it was much clearer the movie i feel like glorifies the the twist more when you first see it yeah and i do i do love when the twist happens when he's sitting on the hotel bed and um Brad Pitt's talking him through it and yeah, he starts yeah. to make certain realizations and his internal narration is like, uh, put your, 
uh, tray tables in the seat back in the upright position. It's like we have lost cabin pressure. Yeah, like we those have little just lost like comments. It's like, oh the- god. <laughs> yeah, the realize realization that he's crazy and he's has a split personality. And Which I don't know. Funny. Does it say that in the book that it's actual split personality disorder? No, no, no. never. It's more like he just realizes yeah. he's also Tyler and he's trying to cope with it, even though he still talks to him. And Tyler talks to him. Yeah. Um, but that's mostly at the very end, if I remember correctly. But yeah, yeah like in the book, he meets Tyler in a different situation entirely. Um, I believe it was on the nudist beach, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that part of it, the the psychology of it and being like, this could happen to, I mean, anyone, but it's like split personality you have no idea that someone else is taking mm-hmm. over and it or you do realize it but your personality is suppressed by this other personality inside of you and they're taking the reins and doing what they want to do you can think about will. this this movie is like you trying to reinvent yourself like the lengths you would go to make that happen because yeah. he was so comfortable in his life he had everything he that you would mm-hmm. want as like a a typical but American, something was, I guess. Something yeah. was keeping something him was unhappy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. he deliberately blew up his own apartment so he could never go back. <laughs> yes, exactly. He could lose all of his possessions. Yep. He could live in squalor. He could only do the things he wanted to do. He got fired from his job. So, like, that wasn't Tyler or what we, we right. don't think it was Tyler. It doesn't show Brad Pitt on screen, but in those moments with his boss where he pretends to beat himself up to yeah. get his boss to do it. Was he Tyler at that moment and we just didn't see it or was he himself and following Tyler's example? Um, because when things start to get serious, he acts so upset about it. Like he acts so appalled oh, with the project mayhem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then whenever he's okay with beating himself up, blooding himself and framing his boss into uh, uh, thinking that he's assaulted him. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's okay with that. So then I wonder, was that Tyler's, you know, and in that moment and Edward Norton or whatever his name was, otherwise would be, was dormant and wasn't in the scene. Cause he wouldn't have done that. Right. Because it's he's like so called by it all the time. Yeah. Tyler yeah. kept pushing his limit to see yeah. what he was able to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, isn't it's just interesting. It is a it is a good movie, and I like the psychology of it. And I should read the book, um, but just rewatching it, the way it was laid out, how quickly it jumps from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. Some of the writing, some of the di- dialogue was a little like, uh, I don't know, flimsy maybe. And so I was just like, it's not as cool as I remember. But because this was like a cool movie when it came out, I listened to the commentary for this and. I'm not sure who said what in the commentary, but I think it was Brad Pitt and David Fincher were talking about the language and some yeah. of the things that were said had to actually be toned down significantly because they uh, would have gotten like a NC-17 rating because of the, some yeah. of the things like what Marla said after she had sex with Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been <laughs> like that since grade school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of the things that she says. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah uh it makes me think yeah. of the you know that like fbi meme where it's like two people 
are in the picture and they're like clearly in like a surveillance van and like one of them's like ripping the headphones off in <laughs> <Yeah>. disgust. <laughs> it's like that's perfect like, for what, that. Just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it's, good. It's a very dirty movie. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's one of the things that was flimsy to me that made me be like, oh, this isn't as cool, only because I was again, I was watching it a little closer. In the beginning, he makes Marla out to be a much more pivotal piece of this. But then throughout it, right. there aren't any major revelations associated with Marla that puts them on this path to Project Mayhem and blowing up these credit card companies. Um, yeah, because the very first thing he says is... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized yeah. that this all, whatever, led by meeting this a woman named Marla. And I can see how... Back, yeah. I can see how maybe if he didn't meet her, Tyler wouldn't have manifested as quickly as he did, maybe. Yeah. Because he was getting what he needed out of those meetings. And all of a sudden, Marla was there and he wasn't yeah. getting what he needed. Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay. I can but, see that point. But then they did like come up with a plan to, you know, have a schedule. But I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And he discovered it on his own. You know, yeah. he created Fight Club on his own and he was with him on. I don't know. It was just like for the rest of the movie, she had such little importance. Yeah. Um, associated with him. I do like that idea of perhaps he's dead at the end because it's only after he shoots himself, which obviously I, I saw the symbolism, you know, he shoots himself. There's a hole in the back of Tyler, Brad Pitt's head. Yeah. So you killed Tyler. You're finally free of him. But then he acts like he's totally in charge yeah. and he he knows everything that was going on with mayhem because he orders people around. They listen to him this time, mm -hmm. you know, instead of like ignoring his orders and like tells them, no, it's OK. And then it seems like he's accepted what's happened. So it's either acceptance or he finally acceptance on this has already happened and I can't change it. Or he accepted the fact that I am Tyler Durden. And I am this leader of Project Mayhem. Did he go and through all the I'm stages okay of it. grief? Yeah, Mayhem. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think about that. <laughs> it was in denial for a minute. Yeah. Well, I don't remember that. Bargaining is one. Acceptance is the last one, I think. I don't remember. I wonder. I wonder no, if that's, know. <laughs> you know, from that point in which he finds out yeah. that he is Tyler. Yeah. You know, they're the same person from then on. He freaks out. Uh, it'd be interesting. We should look into that. Yeah. Look at the stages of grief and see if it lines one. up with the last bit of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then he goes to the police station and tries to bargain with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, stop this. And then eventually acceptance is at the very end. Looking at it right now. All right. So denial. He couldn't believe it was happening and he was freaking out that he is Tyler and he's set up this plan in motion to potentially destroy buildings and maybe kill people. Like, mm -hmm. but I mean, Tyler says, don't worry, we're not killing anyone. You know, everyone's on our payroll essentially. So the buildings are empty. Um, so what is it? Denial. Anger is the Anger. second stage. Um, there I have two different conflicting pieces of information one of them says that there's five stages the other says seven but the other two stages are very like the first one's shock yeah, i'm pretty sure it's shock. five stages of grief yeah 
Anyway, yeah. um, anger is the second. Bargaining is the third. Depression, then acceptance. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think actually anger is when they go to the police station, he tries to get them to listen. They won't listen. Um, he's yelling at the cops that are like, well, you got to take your balls. And yep. then he bargains with himself because that's when you know, Tyler shows back up. Remember, and he, they have the fight. Yeah, after after he tries, that, yeah. yeah, he tries to defuse the bomb, and so yeah. then he tries to bargain with himself to stop this. He's telling Tyler, "We have to stop this." Tyler says no, and and then they have their fight, and then depression, like you know, I, you said that scene, it could be the like when he has the gun in his mouth, right? And he he said, does, a it's all second, over. Yeah, a couple right. more seconds, and then these buildings are going to be dust and. Yeah. He's like depressed about it. And then the acceptance is right when he realizes that the gun's in his hand. Yes. And he accepts that he's Tyler. Yeah. That's, and that's then when he, he shoots himself. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I wonder. I mean, it's, it's a I little mean, loose. Yeah. But you can. But any writer could have, you know, just it's kind of almost common sense. The grief it's hearing it in those stages makes it easier yeah. to like deal with. But, yeah. you know. It could be coincidental. Like this yeah. could just line up uh, coincidentally because that's just the um, common sense way to write this situation um, because it's so heavy and everything that goes along with it. But it is interesting to think of it that way. Once he realizes he's Tyler, he grieves the loss of maybe himself because yeah. he's done all these things. And then eventually he accepts that he's lost himself yeah. and he accepts himself as Tyler. This whole movie is like, like changing who you were like into someone mm -hmm. new to like right. change your life. Yeah. There's a lot of that actually. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. He has to go through all that pain. He has to accept the pain, deal with the pain right. when he does the lie on the hand. Yeah. There's, yeah. The last thing I'll say of a critical nature of this movie is I did not like that so much time, which I understand it, but I didn't like that so much of the movie built up Fight Club, the principles, his relationship with Tyler or himself, um, a little bit of Marla, only for some of the most critical puzzle pieces that he has to put together for this twist and realization to be a montage. <laughs> you know, there wasn't really That's a fair. montage anywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. else in the movie, but then there was this mon like when you pretty said that, quick montage. Yeah. When you said that some stuff was flimsy, my first thought was right. Like it just skipped ahead to project mayhem. And when he yep. like lost time mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, everything after that was really rushed and yeah, really rushed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, totally that montage agree. is like I, I traveled to every city and asked everyone yep. and saw like that all happens within five minutes for the audience to get caught up with. Oh, this has been going on for a long time and he has no idea. And we're about to find out what it all means. Yeah, that was that's the only other like kind of critique I have of have of it rewatching it. That made me just like eh, yeah. that could have been done better. They have but, to rush it so they keep like ahead of the audience, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. but it is it is a really good movie. It's a good psychological movie, and it makes me want to watch the book. Like rewatching it and analyzing it in this way makes me want to want to uh, I'll let you borrow it. It's only two hundred pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna <laughs> borrow it for sure. It's pretty awesome. 
Yeah, that was out. That was about all. I I mean, like I said, I feel like I did pretty well. I knew all the major points. I just didn't know all the narration, which kind of tells you the details. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you could watch it, but you have to be listening to Ed Norton. And, and that I is one thing I, I did like about the narration of this movie as opposed to others is like his thoughts do add to it as opposed mm-hmm. to just telling you what's happening. Exactly. Like it does add a, it's what's layer. going on in his mind as he's yeah. transitioning into this new person. Yeah. And I like, uh, I do, I do like, uh, the actors, everyone in this. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Brad Pitt, who's to me is and can be really spot on and a good actor. And then other times just kind of like, oh, you're Brad Pitt, like it's Brad Pitt on screen and not a character. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't yeah. become a character. Yeah. Yeah. But, I've, I've struggled with that for a while, a long time. There, there was someone yeah. I knew that was like, oh, Brad Pitt's the best actor ever. And in my head, that, that's what I thought. It was like, it's just Brad Pitt being Brad yep. Pitt being Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like it's rare that you see him where you're like, oh, he's yeah. playing a character. You kind of he like loses himself in the character a little bit. And in this case, I feel like he did a little bit. Like he's good whenever he's a little manic and crazy and yeah. direct and angry and um yeah, all of that. And plus like I think it helps his derelict costume design. Yes. Where he's like wearing ill-fitted clothes and, you know, things like that. It's just switch with a thrift store or something yeah 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 which just helps round out the character but i like it i've always liked ed norton so he was good in it oh bottom carter (laughs) meatloaf that's funny (laughs) and i forgot his voice in this was like was like that soft yeah Yeah. it's really good to see you (laughs) yeah i forgot that that's what his his voice was going to sound like It's just yeah. it's just interesting. And Jared Leto, yeah, yeah, he's in the movie so briefly. He's basically there yeah. just to get beat up. He has and like I three forget, lines I, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot his face afterward. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that they left his teeth missing and it's funny, he's the, got like scarring on his face. Yeah, the shot, the first shot of him right after that was yeah. so brief that I did think it was like CGI that they made his face bigger on one yeah. side. No, that's actually just practical effects yep yeah and they did just such a good makeup. job yeah <laughs> he's like gargling on his own blood oh, with his teeth missing yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal uh, it's brutal but i think they i mean having that in the movie i don't again i don't know if it's in the book but having that in the movie just showed like the dedication of the people that were doing it like the leader of their cult <laughs> um their terrorist organization brutally disfigured one of their members just on a random <laughs> fight club night <laughs> and he stayed a part of the group right <laughs> they took him to a hospital they got him uh, horrifically patched up and he stayed a part of the group <laughs> so it drives on the point like they're serious about this like they were totally on board with the yes. philosophy um and at his command yeah yeah yeah. Th- that aspect of I was like, oh, yeah, this is like it's a serious, serious people, serious philosophy, true believers. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You got anything else for a uh, fight club? I don't, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point. Fight club, what year was that? 99? We said? Yeah, so we're getting to this point where there's people alive today that, I mean, there's lots of people, but. You know, there's adults 
who might be reaching the age of watching R-rated movies, you know, being allowed to do that, whatever, that weren't alive when this was released, so they may never go back and watch it. I so know. if anybody is listening to this, the definitely go watch Fight Club if you like psychological thrillers with a little bit of violence tangled in. It's it's pretty good. So you should watch it and you should go read the book. It's a wild thing to think about how old yeah. we are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 99. I mean, that's so there are people that are coming of age that would start reaching out and branching out and watching their own movies and age appropriate movies. And this is one that's outside that range. So they may, if they never hear about it, they may never go back to know it's there to watch. Right. I mean, right. Just kind of crazy. It might just be a thing of the past. So anyway, go watch the movie. Um, And if you have other movies like this on your mind and you want to suggest them to us, send it to us in an email at moviememory at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media right now with uh, Facebook and Instagram at movie memory podcast. We'd be uh, lucky to have you follow us and, and share our content so that we can get the word out and keep, keep making these episodes. Other than that, you got anything else? All right. Well then I think that's it for fight club. But now that I think about it, we should probably follow Tyler Durden's uh, lead and follow the rules of Fight Club. So just listen to this and follow these. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. <laughs>